Hey everyone, I'm Heather Hoops Matthews. Welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. With me today in the studio is Matthew Roberts, Nexon Pro Healthcare Attorney. Matthew, good to be with you. Good to see you. In the past, we have covered this topic of price transparency, and we're going to talk about that today. But if you would, for our watchers and listeners, give us just a quick debrief on what does that mean? Well, the healthcare system is is hard to understand as to what things cost and why they cost certain things. So over the last 10 years, there's been the consumer push to have a little more price transparency. And you've seen relative uh, movement on that from the providers. Within the last two years, however, we've gotten federal rules passed by the Trump administration requiring price transparency first for the hospitals. And they've got to put certain information on their website and provide information to patients upon request. And then the next federal rule deals with insurance companies and their pricing information. And they've got to go and put those on websites. And then following that, you've seen some other federal leg- legislation, which is related to price transparency, the No Surprises Act, which makes uh, out-of-network claims treated differently than they've been treated in the past. So the trend has been moving in that direction. And now we have federal regulations supporting it. Plus, you have this rise of healthcare consumerism where people want to know what things cost and they want to know where their best deal is and who's got the cheapest rates and who's got the best quality. And and that's where uh, Chris and and Turquoise Health come in. Yes, more patient-centric, I think. Well, that is exciting to talk about as one who is just a mere patient in the healthcare system. Today, we're going to be joined by Chris Severin, an advocate for price transparency in healthcare and co-founder and CEO of Turquoise Health, a software company working to bring real price transparency to consumers and providers. We'll discuss the No Surprises Act and more, so stay tuned for Taking the Pulse. Welcome back, everyone. Today on Taking the Pulse, our guest is Chris Severin. He is the co-founder and CEO of Turquoise Health, which envisions healthcare where prices have menu-like clarity at a fair market rate. Turquoise Health provides a software solution where patients can compare prices and physicians and a tool for providers to ease the billing process. Chris, we're glad to have you with us today. And once it was clear that the CMS final rule on price transparency was here to stay beginning last year, January 1, 2021, Turquoise Health was ready to launch and and had aggregated already and published data from about 1,200 hospitals by January 17th, which is pretty impressive, two weeks. Can you give us the background of starting Turquoise Health and the opportunity you recognized while following that legislation along? Certainly, thanks for having me. The opportunity we realized all the way back in 2019 was essentially with these executive orders requiring hospitals to act and for payers to act, publishing their transparency data, there was a lot that needed to happen with the technical infrastructure on the back end to enable these laws. Providers and payers would need help with compliance, and then the folks consuming this data would need help consuming the data because it's coming out in such raw formats. And so that was the inception of Turquoise Health, was really preparing the infrastructure of transparency. And that's what we've been working on for the past year. So Chris, talk a little bit about the the specifics of what Turquoise Health does to enhance transparency in pricing. And you know specifically on the patient side, how to make that data or on the consumer side, how to make that data a little more user friendly. How does your software work with respect to that? 
Yeah, so we have to look at this in a few stages. And with the introduction, you notice that we talked about, you know, Turquoise's ultimate goal is to empower consuming, or sorry, to empower savvy consumers of healthcare um, the same way we're empowered in every other industry now, where we're shopping for flights or hotels. However, for that to happen, there's a lot that needs to happen on the front end first. And so where Turquoise is focused is primarily preparing for the compliance data to be released. We do that by helping both payers and providers meet the transparency and coverage um, and hospital transparency rule requirements. After preparing and posting the compliant data, we also just get this data all in one place. And so with the data aggregation and cleanup, we're building this huge, massive rates data warehouse that we then propagate out to the rest of the industry. And so you can look at that rates warehouse at the macro level and how that rate, those rates affect provider and payer negotiations. And you can look at the micro level of how patients can eventually consume this new rates data. You have products that enable increased price transparency and payer provider rate negotiations. Um, and again, I'm not a schooled healthcare provider, but I, I sort of follow where we're going here. Can you describe this and how they work to create lower prices? Great question. So if you think of what I just mentioned, preparing the industry for compliance and getting the data out there, the analogy would be, you know, if we look back at other e-commerce, it'd be like posting an item on eBay and seeing the prices for different items, but not having the ability to bid and negotiate and reach a fair market price. And so after these initial preparation steps that we've done to help folks on both ends with compliance and release this data to the market, where we're really focused is a rate negotiation interface that we call clear contracts for both providers and payers to look at the same source of truth and negotiate the new managed care rates of the future. And at Turquoise, we envision these new rates being more price competitive, being more reactive to the market, having a clear value proposition versus those crazy discounts and rate variants that we see in the news. We also see the math behind these rates being much simpler so that patients can consume transparency data much easier. Do you work mostly with payers or with providers? So we're going for what you would call a three-sided marketplace where we see most of the fundamental issues with price transparency is that, you know, the payers have their own source of truth, providers have their own source of truth of how these rates are modeled on the back end. At Turquoise, our products are meant for both payers and providers, where you've got one on one side and one on the other, looking and negotiating a contract and then propagating that data out to the ecosystem. And so the third party um, that we're also catering this to is patients. You can see that on our Turquoise website. Once data is added to our warehouse, it's then propagated out, not only to patients on Turquoise Health, but to folks that are licensing our data, embedding it in their medical record softwares, embedding it in their care navigation apps. And so we really, if you look at our customer base, it's a pretty even split between payers, providers, and you know digital health that is putting this data in front of the patient. Chris, how receptive have the payers been to having some fluidity in their rates um, that, you know, historically that their rates have been negotiated with the providers in a fairly one-sided negotiation. Now you're, you're, you know, you've got a disruptive element to that dynamic, thankfully. 
Um, how, how have they been receiving the fact that you're, you're now potentially in the mix and can affect that rate determinant? Yeah, it's a great question. We, my whole background is in rev cycle and managed care for the past 10 years. I know that these rates typically only change every three years between a payer and a health system. Um, and these negotiations take a long time. As we know, the payer transparency rule, the hospital transparency rule, a lot of folks were dragged kicking and screaming to compliance here. There were lawsuits against these regulations. And so I'd say we're in the phase right now where a bunch of folks that we're talking to and working with at Turquoise are reluctantly accepting that this is where the future is going. There is a savvy you know, vanguard of customers that we're working with who are all on board for transparency. They see the value for the member and for the patient. And those are the two camps that our customers fall in are you know, really forward thinking, seeing a future of five years from now, patients will know a clear value proposition prior to selecting care or a trusted advocate for the patient like the primary care doctor or the care navigation app that they use will be able to look out for the patient and say, hey, here's the best bang for your buck based on the location, availability, quality, et cetera. Um, there's a third camp that is not you know, currently someone that would come through our inbox. And those are the folks that are still in denial a little bit that all of this is changing. All of this data is now out in the ecosystem. And that third camp, I would say the days are numbered just because we see more teeth in the hospital price transparency rule as of you know a couple of weeks ago. And we see a lot of teeth in the payer transparency and coverage rule in terms of fines. Those ones that don't want this to happen, but they have to be in compliance, right? Are they currently in compliance or are they just yeah. not in compliance? Good question. Yeah, they do have to be in compliance and the hospitals now are facing increased fines as, as of January 1st. And we at Turquoise, we're in the early days of 2022 compliance, but we've seen a huge uptick um, in provider compliance after these fines were announced in late summer. The payers still have you know six months before this data comes out for professional services and DME and everything that's non-hospital. And so there are a few more months before this market is really filled with data and there will be some discomfort. I think there are plenty of markets where for years, decades, maybe a payer thought they had the best deal. And when this data comes out, they'll see that, you know, it wasn't the case with this health system. And so there will be a reckoning and a realignment of some of these rates at the managed care level. I think that initial speed bump and discomfort can be expected and something everybody will, will go through. What do you think the impact of the No Surprises Act will be on the, in the healthcare industry? This sort of slipped in on a COVID bill um, and it, is a game changer with respect to how out-of-network providers are, are going to be treated. The patient will no longer be stuck in the middle and used as leverage by the provider to get the, an additional payment or higher payment. And I know, speaking from personal experience, you know, we're evaluating a lot of the intricacies of that act. But what, what generally uh, do you think the impact will be on the healthcare industry? Massive, massive impact. From my perspective, as a price transparency founder working on the concept of turquoise in 2019, I was thrilled by the hospital rule. I was thrilled by the payer rule. And then suddenly, as you mentioned, the COVID bill at the final hour, um, this came out pretty much 
what felt like unrelated to the executive. Yeah. Yeah. And the way we see this now is sort of the knockout punch on price transparency. You've got the hospital rule, the payer rule, and this No Surprises Act does a really good job of merging those data sources together and creating a blueprint for what transparency should look like for the patient and for out-of-network care going forward. Some of the most important high-level themes of No Surprises, aside from the obvious benefit of protecting patients from out-of-network surprise billing um, in the ER, adding credibility to patient estimates, the idea that the patient can get an estimate and that estimate can be inclusive of ancillary charges and other convened providers in the episode and that the patient has an avenue to challenge that estimate if on the back end they discover that it was off by a certain amount of money. That's a level of power that the patients never really had at the federal level. We've seen it in some states like New York um, where this has been piloted for a few years, few years. So that level of credibility to an estimate is fascinating to me because it's taking revenue cycle for shoppable services, which typically revenue cycle is, you know, mostly backend where all this billing happens and the patient may get a bill or multiple bills for weeks and months after the fact. It's moving it to the front end, which I think is really exciting for the patient, really exciting for the industry. And, for all the admin costs and very comp- and very complicated for the provider because that's a new a new act they have to, to you know perform here to do that on the front end extremely technically complex and for that reason we've seen pieces of no surprises pending for the rulemaking right. as essentially behind the scenes they're figuring out how can this happen um, <laughs> yeah and the other piece that i think is exciting more than just the credibility of the estimate is the nuance of the good faith estimate being inclusive of not just one part of the encounter, not just the facility fee, um, not just the fees coming from the hospital, but maybe from that radiology group or pathology group that the hospital works with. Again, technically complex. We're working on a lot of software that we're rolling out over the next couple of months around convening those providers seamlessly into an estimate where everybody has you know, the ability to be a gatekeeper and green light an estimate, make sure it's credible before it goes out to a patient. So you will, you will be offering that uh, at some point in the future as a service for potential clients? Yes, we are hard at work on a good faith estimate and advanced DOB software. And um, we're just trying to time it up with when, uh, (laughs) when the law is finalized. Yes, that's good news. That's really good news. Chris, if you would, would you give us your thoughts on direct contracting between healthcare providers and employers? I think it's great. I think it's already happening on small scales. Um, I mean, there's a whole industry built around it. Companies already built around it in a very manual sense. Um, It's going to become more mainstream, mostly because we're seeing this data and there are times where an employer has been told one thing, you know, hey, this carrier has the best rates in town. We've negotiated a, a robust network um, and we've used our marketing or market power to get massive discounts. And then you look at this data and you realize maybe in certain geographies or certain service categories, it's just not the case. And so for large, medium-sized and even small self-insured employers who are really looking for areas to c- contain costs without sacrificing quality, there are opportunities abound for direct contracting 
um, where maybe, you know, that middle layer of working with your TPA and your carrier and going through the carrier's discount doesn't have as much values. Maybe you've been told in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting idea to, to contemplate, but direct contracting has been around for a while and we hope to see more of it. But again, it's a disruptive dynamic in the current healthcare delivery system. Final question for you, uh, Chris, is in what other ways do you see the rise in healthcare consumerism impacting the healthcare industry as we move forward? There are a few things. And, you know, I can talk about this for an hour. The first is it's very important that we give exact value propositions to a patient. The analogy I always give is if I'm shopping for a toaster on Amazon, I see Amazon Prime, so I know when the toaster will arrive. I know what the toaster does, and I can read reviews. And generally, I'm very, I'm very sure my purchase when I'm buying a toaster on Amazon. That same level of clarity is what we need to give patients for them to be able to act on purchasing in healthcare. And until we give that level of clarity, consumerism will still have that false start that we've seen in healthcare, um, where we've seen estimates. You know, what am I supposed to do as a consumer? with an estimate between 300 and $800, or if I don't have certainty of when I could schedule this service or how quality the doctor is. So all those data points need to be presented in front of the consumer. The other piece of this is another exciting um, snippet from No Surprises is when is it best for the consumer perhaps to not even go through their insurance coverage? If I need a lab, I can go to the local hospital, get the lab done, receive a bill weeks after the fact, or I might be able to find an at-home lab kit that's $39.95 that I could order right now. And if I'm not in a rush to get that test done, um, you know, it may just be easier for me as a 32-year-old who's not going to hit my deductible to just go the cash pay route with that Instagram ad that I've been seeing. And so I'm really interested to see insurance rates versus cash pay. Um, and I'm really interested to see side of service shift where I become savvier as a consumer that I can get my therapy through this app. I can order an at-home testing kit. And, you know, maybe at the end of the day, I just have catastrophic insurance coverage for that hospital encounter. I hate to be smiling so big, but just as a consumer, I'm like, wow, I just can't imagine that shopping for healthcare services would be like shopping for an airplane flight. That'd be that's, fantastic. That's the goal. Yes. Least. Chris Severin of Turquoise Health. It sounds like you are on the great frontier of price transparency. Uh, I applaud you for that. I look forward to checking back in. We need to have you back in a few months to see where we are. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Wish you the best in 2022. I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Chris. Matthew, I can see, though, at the same time, in a stressful time in the healthcare industry, that some would be sort of opposed to all this massive change with just trying to keep things going during a pandemic. Sure, but uh, this this change has been coming for some time, mm -hmm. and so and the, the the velocity of this is is not going to be stopped, and so it's a matter of accepting it. And as Chris referenced, embracing it. And we have some providers, we have some provider clients who are embracing the concept of transparency and using it as a differential between their competitors. Mm -hmm. It so sure would speak to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Make it simple, make it clear, make right. it easy to understand and separate yourself from other folks seeking to provide the same services to the patient. Yeah. Well, exciting and good stuff. For those of you who joined us today, we hope you enjoyed this conversation on consumerism and price transparency. It is here to stay, and so we will cover that in the coming months and weeks and years here on The Pulse. And we look forward to seeing you next time right here on Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. <music>